All right. Welcome, welcome. We are in officially 10 episodes into the Nil Nil podcast. Um, Number 10. Nice. Uh, we made it. Number 10. Uh, we're recording this one later than usual, but it's also because we're lazy. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we did skip that one day. Yeah, but I mean, nothing happened over that weekend. Anyway, um, on today's episode, we're going to talk about the action that happened this weekend. Uh, match day four in the MLS. Um, that's mostly it. Um, I mean, we saw the Chivas and Atlas game, but nothing really happened in that one. It was kind of boring. Other than um, the red cards. And then the, yeah, kind of and the Premier League was uh, like a reduced weekend. There was only about like five games and nothing really happened there either. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a mostly MLS heavy podcast. Uh, so if you guys enjoy MLS, stick around, all three of you. <laughs> Thank you for listening, all three yeah. of you. Yep. All right, Danny. So starting off, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Cincinnati versus Miami, what I called the trash derby because both teams are awful. Well, I don't think that might be the case for Cincinnati anymore, is it? The fire dumpster derby. Yeah. Uh, it was a dumpster, but there was only one in this game. Uh, and that was Miami. Yeah, it's a it's a Cubano Cubano dumpster. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. The Cincinnati really surprised me. Yeah. But you you did mention when we, when we were predicting that I wasn't aware that Cincinnati actually did know how to attack. I told you they knew how to get in the box. They just weren't finishing their chances. But uh, against Miami, who doesn't know how to defend, they're gonna have plenty of time to do that. <laughs> yeah. Especially when their star player isn't performing or providing what the team needs. I know. Uh, you talking about Iguain? Uh Yeah, I could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially after what um, Phil Neville said, that he wanted more from his star player, that he wasn't pulling his weight, even though the rest of the team isn't doing squat, and he's the only one creating chances. But so, let's yeah. be real. Has Iguain ever pulled his weight? He does it every day after eating a Snickers. <laughs> I mean, he it's like you had mentioned to me. He's in a provider position, but there's nobody to provide to. Yeah. And if he goes to try to get provided for, there's nobody providing him. Yep. I mean, in this game, uh, he did get his first goal, at least. Given it was a PK, didn't... Uh, didn't um, it wasn't created through open play. He did get a goal. It seems like that's the only way that he's going to be able to score is if they give him a free shot at goal. Um, yeah, because from actual gameplay, it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to get close enough for that to happen. Especially the gap between Cincinnati and Miami looks huge uh, when you consider how they play. Uh, I honestly did not even notice... Like if you were to tell me that that was Cincinnati when without labeling what team was which, I would not have recognized Cincinnati. I would have expected Cincinnati to already be down three goals. They're starting to play good again, and it's because um, they fired their old coach, which was Yapstan, uh, Manchester United legend, and they ended up replacing him with the assistant coach. I believe he was assistant coach to um, the head coach of Philadelphia Union. And we know oh. Philadelphia Union's a good team, so he yeah. probably carried that philosophy with him to Cincinnati. And, um, you know, they did invest well in their team last season. However, mm-hmm. it looks like those players are finally paying off for this season. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Um, was it uh, Brandon Vasquez ended up scoring two goals and uh, getting an assist in this game, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Him and uh, Matarita, who was the other player. Oh, um, yeah. He was the left back. So, in the first goal, Brandon Vasquez um, passed him the ball. Mm-hmm to get and, and he got his assist that way and then the second goal then he returned the favor yeah, literally reversed so yeah, um brandon I vasquez yeah has been super dangerous for them i know cincinnati we all like to clown on cincinnati as being bad but um, they've been good at giving him chances so much so that he's uh, gotten four goals and one assist in his last five games and that's crazy good form which is why i put him in my fantasy team because uh i had i had a feeling that he was going to score against Miami. You put a Cincinnati player in your fantasy team? Man, it paid off. He got me a bunch of points. <laughs> you know what? If they can continue this kind of form, then he's a good choice for your fantasy team. Yeah. And I think that we might be surprised by what they can do as long as they can keep this kind of form. Although Miami is an easy team to play against. Uh, so we'll see if they can do the same thing with a stronger opponent. Yeah, I mean, look on the bright side. Even though Cincinnati was terrible, they'll never be last place as long as Miami exists. It's it's now reversed. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Cincinnati finished lower last season, right? Mm, I don't know. My memory's not that good. Uh, I don't pay attention me... to the bottom, especially in the league uh, with no relegation. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm checking right now, and yeah, Cincinnati was 14th, and uh, Miami was 11th, uh, finishing above both Toronto yeah. and Chicago. It uh, doesn't seem like that's going to be the case this season, is it? No, no, it does not. It looks like uh, Inter have now become the Cincinnati of last year. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, and there's not much more to say about Inter. They still don't know how to play a good game. No, but they've definitely shut me up, um, at least for this game. No, I'm saying uh, Inter. Inter. No, no, I'm talking about Cincinnati. No, no, they, but I was they, saying like that's what I was saying. I was saying, I was saying that oh, Inter still doesn't know how to play, and you're like, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I, I was just looking at. You're Cincinnati. too in love with Cincinnati. No, I'm just <laughs> surprised by Cincinnati, uh, but Miami has no idea even what they're doing on the field. Yeah. I mean, I would like to see them play good, but uh, it's just fun trolling them at this moment. So <laughs> when they put a good game together, I'll start rooting for them to win more games. <laughs> Kick them while they're down, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I think that's all that we need to say about Cincinnati because Miami. Uh, oh, we didn't yeah. even say the score, but it ended 3-1 in case you're curious. 3-1 right. Cincinnati. Yeah. All right. So next game up is Atlanta versus Montreal Impact. Now, this is an amazing game. Amazing game. So much so that it actually uh, stopped me from paying attention to Elden Ring for a couple minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and actually paid attention to the game. Yeah, it actually made me pay attention to the game. Usually I have the game on the side while I'm playing like Elden Ring or some other game. But this one, like I had a pause and I was just look at it for... I mean, the game was crazy. I mean, yeah, it's, I wasn't it started watching. Off. I wasn't watching this game, but I was keeping up with the live game updates. And I've kind of figured that Atlanta was going to run away with this scoring six minutes in. Yeah, exactly. Like you didn't even if you were watching this game as a neutral, it's not like you had to wait long. Literally six minutes in, Justin Martinez scores a banger of a goal. Yep. Let's see. Oh, you check my links. <laughs> yeah. 
it was it was a great it was a great goal and as soon as that happened it's like oh joseph martinez is back that's exactly what i was thinking he's just gonna obliterate that's the strike goal right there but um he hasn't been scoring as many goals or getting as many shots on target as you'd expect from somebody of his level so when right. he got that goal, I was like, oh, is this the start of something new? You know, or not something mm-hmm. new, but of the old form that he had. Um, so he scored the first goal. Then Montreal comes back all of a sudden. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, the funniest thing I saw was uh, Guzan trying to block Mihailovic's shot. The equalizer. Oh, so my gosh. <laughs> Dude, they had that he got the, tricked so bad. I know they had that on the MLS Instagram account, and uh, I gotta say, I watched that easily like five times over and over again just to see. <laughs> I forget that he's still playing for Atlanta. Like I don't know why he's still there. <laughs> I was I was surprised uh, that he kind of like just jumped. <laughs> I know he was just like, oh, he's gonna pass it. Whoops. No. Yeah, <laughs> he reacted. He reacted, and he got faked so hard. Yeah. If anything, I mean, just tackle the guy. I mean, he's gonna go in anyway. <laughs> yeah, he could have done that, but then he put would have put yeah. Atlanta in a worse spot. Yeah. Um, then pretty much, um, I forgot when the red card happened. But anyways, Montreal ended up getting three one up, and I was like, oh, finally, Montreal's playing good again. <laughs> They've been pretty bad the last couple of games, especially yeah. in the CONCACAF Champions League. Um, but And I thought the game was done. Once they went 3-1 up, I was like, there's no way. I mean, this, is, this well, game's over. Yeah, it, it definitely looked that way, especially going 3-up in the first half. Yeah. Uh, and the red card didn't happen until the 67th minute, when Dom, three minutes uh, after Dom Dwyer was subbed in. I know. And uh, would you say that was a red card? It was easily a red card. If you look at it again, he extends his foot after the ball has already passed and the player's almost like halfway past him. I was about to say, it's like it looks like he just didn't even want to play. He was like, oh, yeah. I'm not going to get to this. Might as well kick the player while I'm at it. That's, uh, that's a rage quit. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I'm not feeling it. Um so yeah, red card is so dumb from him. I mean, you're literally there for three minutes. Yeah, and they brought him in to make a difference. Oh, no, he made Obviously, a difference. <laughs> uh, not that kind of a difference. Yeah. <laughs> a positive impact. Uh, he made a difference uh, well, of one man. There was an impact. A difference of one man. You know what? He made a difference. And one thing I've noticed is that 10 men teams have been very surprising. And at this point, I've started to think that Going down to 10 men does not mean what it used to. Well, in the MLS, it doesn't. <laughs> no, not even in the... Not, not even just in the MLS. I mean, look at Everton versus Newcastle. Oh, Wait, was point. it Newcastle? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Everton-Newcastle. Everton went down 10 men, and Newcastle had everything to win, but they fell asleep, they got overconfident, and Everton came back. And got a point out of it. And look at what happened with Portland. You would have thought 10 men, you know, they're going to get overwhelmed by LA when they face them. And no, it was so hard to get just one goal past them. Yeah. And don't, should I even bring up San Jose? 
in no, Columbus. We all know what happens. San so, Jose. Seeing all of these teams going down by one, it doesn't matter if you go down by one anymore. It just de- depends on the determination of your team. And it's been shown. It's not going to work with every team, but look at Atlanta coming back, scoring two goals close to the end of the game and yeah. scraping out a point. I mean, uh, and then his new DP, Diago Almada, who broke the MLS transfer record for most money oh. spent on a player. I mean, looks like... What a goal and what money well spent. Well, thinking about how good of a goal that was, I mean, I would say that was a $22 million goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was worth that transfer fee. Yeah, I mean, it was a straight-up banger. Now, will he be scoring bangers like that every week? Who knows? He hasn't done anything since he was bought. But um, we'll see next week. Maybe maybe this is just, you know, the start to, to get him going in terms of form, in terms of scoring goals. Um, so, yeah, they were 3-1 down with one man less. I thought this game was over. He scores a banger, 3-2. And I was like, oh, snap. I was like, why does it look like Atlanta's more dangerous with 10 than Montreal with 11? Um, and sure enough, it's almost like it was scripted, you know, last minutes of the game, free yeah. kick. Brooks London's like, you know what? I'm going to take a shot. If we lose, we're, we're going to lose anyway. So might as well take a shot. He, he t- takes a free kick, shoots it. Um, I guess the goalie had too much faith into, um, the wall that he placed because mm-hmm. he, he got there, but he couldn't keep it out of the net. I feel like the goalie should have been able to save that one. I think that he should have also because it's not like he was he got something on it not only that but if you look at the replay he was literally standing there for half a second oh yeah he he waited for that to flow it wasn't even going in that hard you know it'd be one thing if it was a rocket like other free kicks that we have seen from that distance but this literally just floated in and he could have taken two, three steps over to the, his right and gotten there and gotten yeah. more contact on the ball. Maybe not to catch it. Actually, I think he could have even caught it if he actually moved enough. But at least just push it out. Yeah, yeah exactly. But nope. Um, like I said, it was more like he was waiting from what it seems like. It's like he was waiting for his wall to block it. And that's why he waited the half a second there. To see if it deflected, but since it didn't, he yeah. didn't. He didn't make it in time. But um, easily, that should have been any other goalkeeper in the league would probably save that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, even by the time that it got to his wall, I think he's from there to the goal. He still had enough time to react. Yeah, I mean, congratulations to Atlanta. Is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, they got lucky on the last goal, scored two bangers. I mean. If only they can do this with 11 men. If only they could do this without having to go down three. <laughs> well, so, unless that's the kind of motivation that and pressure that they need to be under in order to perform well. well that's the motivation they need to get a draw. That's going to get them. That's not going to get them anywhere. But that's I'm worried. True. I'm worried about their form so far. They seem so inconsistent. Like I haven't seen them dominating a game to actually go on and win it so far. I think they won their first game. Right? Uh, they, or the second game, something like that. I believe it was their second game. It was yeah. the one against Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah, they won that one. 
Um, and that's it. That's like the only one that they have. And they haven't really been that convincing. Joseph hasn't scored as much as you'd think he would. Um, so mm-hmm. they, they really got to get their act together. But, um, I mean, at least they leave this game feeling like they won. Yeah, same thing. Uh, the same way that San Jose did it when they faced Columbus. Exactly. Man, this league is so hard to predict. Four, <laughs> four weeks in, and we already have two games where the 10-man team is coming back from 3-1 to tie it up. That's right. And and both teams scored first. Yep. Both San Jose and, and they ended up tying first. on a set piece. Yeah. So copy paste copy paste. <laughs> <laughs> they copied their homework but they didn't even tweak it a little yeah. bit. They even got the red card too. Yeah. All right. Now moving on. We're going to go uh, Red Bulls versus Columbus, a game that ended in a 1-1 draw. They split the points. Um, the main thing I'm going to take away from this game is that Columbus does, doesn't know how to finish. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. I know. Um, we were both watching this game. Um, and, uh, oh, my God. I said the funniest thing with Jazzy Sardis. <laughs> when I can't he, believe he, he missed the city. He missed an absolute sitter. You guys should go look at the highlights. He missed an absolute sitter. He tries to hit it with the outside of his boot when he could just tap. It's harder to miss that shot than it is to make it. And he missed it. Um, Oh, God. But as soon as I saw that, I was so surprised. I didn't even say, oh, my God, he missed. I said, oh, my God, he's going to get traded. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember remember you said that. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, he's going to get. Because the rumors had just swirled around over the weekend. Like, Jesse's artist is getting. just confirming it. It's getting shopped around to see who wants to take a nibble and bite on it. And um, Jesus. Placed on the clearance rack. I know. It's more like he's trying to leave (laughs) after that. So. that was such a bad miss. Such a bad miss. I'd say that this game surprised me, but in the bad way. Yeah. Apart from the things that I noticed within the game, but the score itself, I think I had predicted this to be a high goal game based on the form that both teams had had. Um, w- with my pick being Red Bulls going up four and Columbus only scoring two. But it was like they were nowhere near the images that they had set of themselves in the last couple of games and then I mean you thought having missing one city was bad enough but give it a couple minutes later then you have Etienne missing an equally (laughs) easy city I mean he was one on one with the goalie sure I guess you know there's a person in the way but I mean as a forward you gotta score that you 100% got to score that. I mean, that's literally what you train every day, one-on-one with the goalie, probably. Th- those are your normal situations. Yeah, you should already you have that embedded in your brain on what you're going to be doing. I know. So, he ended up uh, just shooting it straight into the goalie. I mean, the goalie got a leg on it. Um, the ball ended up falling right back to Etienne. I mean, the, the defender had already quit at that oh. point. We both talked about that. that he wasn't yeah, even following it up. He, he could have... I don't know if it was like he was going too fast and couldn't slow himself down enough to control the ball, but he I feel like one hundred percent had time to stop. Yeah, I feel like he could have stopped and just rolled it in because yeah. the, the, the defender was nowhere near, the goalie was nowhere yeah. near. But no, he decided to go for a, a first time kick, and he kicked it outward. It, it bent away from the goal. Yeah, 
Uh, I mean, if, if if he scored that, we would have been like, oh, my God, what a tight angle. He scored it. But when that he missed a shot great. like that, he just looked ridiculous. Yeah. And then he just ended up falling over. Yep. So, uh, shame from Columbus. But, you know, they did eventually start, you know, they did eventually get a goal to um, through Darlington Nagby. Red Bulls, hugely disappointing. They went the whole game. They actually had the 1-0 lead all the way up until the last minute stoppage time where they're like, you know what? Nagby gets the score goal now. <laughs> and you know what? That's the part that had me so upset because it, right before Nagby ended up scoring that goal, they had such a clear opportunity to put the game away and make yeah. this 2-0. But they didn't. I can't remember exactly what happened, but I do remember that the something like the player who had the ball kind of just gave up mm-hmm. and gave the possession of the ball away. I think he was trying to get like a foul call or something. And the ref wasn't buying it. The ball went the other way and they ended up, uh, Columbus ended up tying the game. Yep. And um, I think the, the league's starting to have an issue with teams that don't know how to defend their leads, especially in the last minutes of stoppage time. That's also mm-hmm. a thing that I'm noticing that a lot of people are scoring last minute goals and it's just, it's way too much. Yeah. Like you're supposed to put all your effort into stopping that one final play, but it seems like teams are just more distracted than anything, or maybe the pressure is yeah. getting to them. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's that they're getting like five, six minute added on of uh, time to the full full time. So it's giving them a bit more of a chance to score once everybody else is maybe exhausted or thinking like when is the ref going to blow the whistle so maybe hesitating between should i keep trying harder or wait until the whistle goes i don't know mm-hmm. yeah but i mean anyway it ended 1-1 we thought this was going to be a high scoring game but uh it just seemed a lot of chances missed by both teams and they kind of cancel each other out so i guess 1-1 is a fair result yeah but going from a game who had High expectations, but a low goal count. We move on to a high goal count with for a, low expectations <laughs> for a game that had low expectations, exactly. which is Dallas versus Portland. Yeah, I mean, we've been spending the last four weeks complimenting Portland on how well they defend, how they're their best defensive team in the league. They had me so convinced that I actually traded for uh, Tuiloma in the fantasy league, uh, <laughs> and sure enough. <laughs> Once I put a defender from Portland into my team, they decided to give up four goals to Dallas. Not only that, but they give up three in ten minutes. <laughs> it's like all this praise, and they just said, "You know what? We're kind of tired of that. Let it. Let us show you a different side of us." Yeah. And um, so the player that ended up getting the ten minute hat trick was Jesus Ferreira, who is a DP for FC Dallas, an American DP. You know, one of the rare ones. Um, it took him ten minutes to score three goals. I want to say it was a perfect hat trick because I'm pretty sure he scored the first one. Let's see. Um, let me double check. He was playing in a false nine role for this game. Okay. Uh, he scored the first one with his right. And then uh, the second one was definitely a header. Uh, one that he started off, he passed it out wide and he just ran in. And I guess Portland doesn't care if you run into the box because uh, nobody tracked him. <laughs> Uh, and he finished it off with a header. Um, and the last goal, he scored with... Oh, okay, he scored with his right. Okay, so it was two right-footed yeah. shots. 
still yeah, yeah. A almost hat-trick. a perfect hat trick yeah but almost a perfect hat trick but still a hat trick in the end but more impressive than that 10 minutes which i believe oh. they mentioned it was the fastest hat trick in uh fc dallas's history yeah uh the good news for that um i mean apart from fc dallas you know setting a record there um Jesus Ferreira is one of the strikers that the U.S. men's national team is taking with them on these uh, World Cup qualifiers that are happening this week. And oh, in that system, exciting. in that system, uh, Greg Berhalter, he likes to play uh, Ferreira in the exact position that he played in this game. It's almost like an, a logical thing to do: play yeah. the players in their position. <laughs> Inter Miami, we're talking to you. <laughs> yeah so it seems like i mean he already showed how to perfectly play as a false nine but he is mm-hmm. a nine so it's not really that false but um he played as a false nine perfectly scored three goals possibly there's a good chance i mean the co the coach for the u.s men's national team likes to play that system already so what more of an addition do you need to say yo coach start me <laughs> Right. Yeah. No. Th- this was like his perfect signature card to just prove that he deserves a chance. Yeah. So I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts um, some of the games on the uh, this coming week. But mm-hmm. yeah, Portland. It's. I mean, I guess they forgot how to defend. Um, yeah. And they're inconsistent, inconsistent as well, and they might be this terrible in this past weekend who knows what what who's going to come up in their next game yeah, like i said this league is it's impossible to predict unless you're into miami you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah they're, they're pretty simple to predict yeah. the good thing is uh also in this game uh, paul Ariola was at his best he's still proving to be a very dangerous player so um i think fc dallas paid two two million garber bucks um to get him, which was like one of the highest sums of money, two to three million, something like that. Like mm-hmm. it was one of the highest sums of money ever used uh, in that kind of like amount for for yeah. uh, general allocation money. But um, well, it looks like it's the, paying off. Here's the thing about him: he is a good player. I don't know if like many people underrate him or don't give him the credit that he deserves. But I've been following him since the U twenties. Uh, when he was in the World Cup. Yep. And there were a couple of players that I kind of took notice there. And he was one that was at the center of that, who was just constantly hustling for the ball, constantly working to create a new play or move the ball forward or moving backward to retrieve the ball. So even if he's not attacking, he's defending or he's providing or scoring the goals himself, which he ended up getting one in this game. Yeah. Uh, his Five. first goal for, for Dallas. Yep. He finally scored his first goal, so it looks like it's paying off. But, I mean, he's been dangerous the whole time, providing assists, I think, um, causing... I want to say he caused a penalty, right? Uh, against Toronto, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Something I think like so. But either way, he's, he's easily been one of their most dangerous players for, um, for FC Dallas, so... You know, good on him. His his hard work paid off in this match. He finally got his goal. Yeah, I just uh, I I just keep wanting him to perform well and to actually 
get the recognition as of a good player that he is. Yeah, the good thing is that uh, he's going to go to the national team as well. So, I mean, they already have their partnership right there. Yeah, and he's already got experience in the national team. Yep. Okay, I think, I mean, that pretty much covers it. I mean, Dallas destroys Portland. That's that's all I can say about that. <laughs> and speaking of destroying, uh, not sure. only their opponent, yeah. but also our expectations. Yep, uh, Charlotte playing against the king of chokers, New England. Um, the PSG of the MLS, if you will. Especially after <laughs> choking against Pumas in the CONCACAF Champions League. Um, oh, yeah. Charlotte finally ended up getting their first one of the season and their fourth, their first points of the season. Uh, their mm-hmm. DP Sudersky scored his first goal for the club. It was absolute banger. Apparently, this dude only scores bangers. But the first goal, I mean, it's one of those where you don't expect it to go in. I think it had some kind of crazy percentage. I think it was like uh-huh. half a percent or something like that. That uh, the chances of it going in from where he shot it from. But I mean, it did. Uh, I think what made it so hard to save was that bounce that it took right before it went in. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I've been watching Charlotte every single game so far. And um, in, the la- in, in the the last few games, the first game, they weren't that great against the Galaxy at home in their opener. Um, they weren't that great either. It didn't seem like they could put three passes together. Slowly, it seemed like they were growing. Like, against Atlanta, we finally saw them playing well. And uh, yeah. they almost got the win. Which I think they could have won. Yeah. Um, I think a goal was overturned in that game, right? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Or, like, they caused a penalty that caused them to lose. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. I think it was a penalty. but uh, it, it was yeah. just something unlucky. It had nothing to do with their skill, but more of just being unlucky. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so I could tell that they were at least playing better. So it seems like this is the culmination of that form, that they finally put it together a win. Um, the second goal was also scored by Swiderski, so he finally gets his first two goals. Hopefully this is also the start. Uh, this triggers his his goal scoring, and um, yeah. he'll be able to score more goals in the future. He's looking like a really good player. He's active. I mean, he was looking frustrated before because he would get mm-hmm. chances, but they weren't that great quality in this one. He finally, you know, was able. He was he was getting service in the right areas in order to be able to take some more effective shots, um, especially on the counter attack against New England. They're doing really well. Um, and then Ben Bender was all I gotta say is that uh, many people have been talking about him. I think he was one of the first people. Um, he came from the draft, the college draft that MLS does. He was, I think, one of the top three uh, picks. Yeah. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Charlotte ended up picking him, and everybody's been hyping him up. And in the first couple of games, he, I don't think he started, but he got subbed in. And he was easily their most dangerous player throughout that. So I think this is probably his first, if not second, start of the season. And mm-hmm. um, his hard work finally was rewarded because he got his first goal of the season as well uh, on the counterattack. Um, and it wasn't that bad of a goal either. He went uh, top corner, especially... Uh, when the, with the ball behind him, he was able to hit the top corner. So yeah. good for him. It looks like the hype that everybody's talking about, uh, he's backing it up. Uh, anything you got to say about this? No, it's great to see that they're actually performing to how you expected them to perform. I believe you called this a, a Charlotte win, 1-0. But, you know, even though it wasn't 1-0, it's a much better result. Yeah. And um, as for... for uh, 
Chodersky, you could see the frustration just falling off of his shoulders with the first and second goal celebrations. He just felt that you could see the relief and how happy he was for scoring those. And just in that celebration, you could tell that he is really going to be putting everything out there for the team and trying to get a, a result. As for New England, I think they should be very disappointed with their performance, uh, especially coming from a team with so much experience, not only in the league, but also in the CONCACAF Champions League. Mm -hmm. You would expect for them to have lost mid... Having lost midweek to come into this game with a kind of a redemption kind of attitude, but they did kind of the complete opposite. They're just, okay, our boat fell apart. Now we're just going to sink. Yeah, and if I was Bruce Arena, I'd be really worried about how the team's doing right now, especially with the way they choked, especially how they're losing in the league. They're not as impressive mm -hmm. as they were last season. The only saving grace is um, Carles Hill. He's the only one that seems to be performing at a top level still. Yeah. Compared to the teams before, like he's still getting assists. He's still getting goals. Um mm -hmm. But, I mean, if you're Bruce Arena, you got a lot of work to do considering New England, especially at this point in the season. It's right at the beginning, and you're having so many bad results. Sure, you do want to have your bad results at the beginning of the season and hopefully improve as uh, time goes on, but if this yeah, doesn't but get you, fixed... You also don't want to set this as to exactly, be the move. Exactly. Now it's just going to become a pattern that as soon as you start going down or maybe you get complacent with scoring a goal, the other teams take advantage of that. Yeah. And once they do, you just won't turn it around. That's already two losses for them in league, three losses if you count the midweek game. Yeah, so... Um, it's very uh, it's very concerning for them. Like you said, you don't you don't want to set this as a standard. So it's better to change this form as fast as possible in the beginning, or else this might be a forgettable season for them, especially after being so good last season. It's gonna be yeah disappointing. Um, I and don't that's know. all they're gonna be compared to all season long. Yep. Every time that they have a bad performance, every time that they have a lead that slips away or they go behind somehow and just give up they're going to be compared to last season and they're everybody's going to be thinking about that and i think they just need to you know kind of put these last three games where they've lost behind them and just you know refresh start this is a new start this next game yeah um the good or not so good news actually they have a really tough game coming back with an international break so they're going to be playing against um new york uh, Red Bulls when they come back so hopefully these two weeks gives them enough time to practice maybe reset maybe uh, Bruce Arena you know changes their mindset a little bit to uh, come back for that game and hopefully get a win but if not mm -hmm. I mean it doesn't seem like they're going to have a good season if they don't perform in that match yeah and these uh, these couple of days that they'll have off it'll be a good reset like, yeah, yeah. just step away from everything you know it's how how they tell you hey if you're having problems with some sort of issue step away from it come back to it and you'll see it in a different perspective so hopefully that happens for them and they come back and give us a good game yeah uh last thing i want to say about this game is i'm happy for the charlotte fans so um they did break the attendance record seventy thousand in um, their first home match this is their second home match of the season and mm -hmm. um, they actually average around 30,000, which isn't bad considering that the average attendance is about 20,000 in the league. So they're definitely still, still hitting 10,000 over. Yep. 
Uh, although I was hoping for another seventy thousand. Yeah, but this maybe in the playoffs, maybe. Um, but if they're averaging thirty thousand, it's not bad, especially for MLS. I mean, you know, soccer still isn't the number one sport in the country, but I mean, we're growing. Yeah. We're definitely growing. So I'm happy for them. I like that they interview the players after the match. Um, mm-hmm. On like the interview happens over the speakers, so the whole stadium can hear. It. Oh, that's good. And uh, they interviewed Suderski, and he just seems so happy to get the win. And yeah. um, Fuchs, I think they had a close-up of Fuchs after the match, and he looked very emotional because, you know, this is um, his first project in America, starting a team from scratch. I don't think he's involved, you know, in terms of, like, the actual team in that way. But, mm-hmm. like, especially when you go and play for a team that doesn't have much history, if any, uh, starting from scratch. And finally getting the right. first win. He looks so happy. So I'm happy for him. Um, and happy for the fans. So congratulations to them on their first win. Hopefully they can get uh, a couple more. Yeah, I'm excited to see if they can continue this run of form. Uh, you know, I know it's just one game. But I think, like you mentioned, the hints of what lies beneath have been there. They just haven't really come together until now. Yeah. All right, from one group of happy fans to another group of fans that fill up their stadium. So we got Austin versus Seattle playing again. Oh, yeah, home against, uh, I mean, Austin versus Seattle playing at home. They ended up tying 1-1. Um, uh, before we talk about the game, I was just saying I've been real impressed with the attendance of Austin lately. It seems like they've been selling out their stadium every time they play at home. And really? I didn't What's know. Their attendance? Um, I think it's... Uh, it's higher than LAFC. No, no. Their, their attendance is 20,000, I believe. I think they just 20, cracked 000. the top five. That's not bad. Yeah, but I, I think they've been selling out. I think it's they're only limited by their capacity of their stadium at this point. So, yeah, but, I mean, selling, selling out and having that be consistent, that's yeah. really good. The only teams that have sold out this season are Austin, LAFC, and Ralsal Lake, I think. So, I mean, they're one of the three teams there. Uh, so that's that's pretty good. Um, so I've been real impressed. Like it looks, it looks like uh, in terms of fan bases, theirs is a pretty close second to what LAFC has because um, they're it's also that. yeah they're very local throughout the I mean vocal throughout the game. So you can definitely hear the chanting uh, through the whole match. So I'm pretty impressed mm-hmm. about that. Um, in terms of the game, however, I think this is another amazing game. Uh, sure it's a 1-1 draw it doesn't seem like there's much action on paper but i mean if you look at the stats especially just the the full match stats i mean you had 21 shots for austin 14 for seattle this is uh, some of the most shots that seattle's ever faced in a game uh in a couple of years i believe so austin was all over them uh and out of those 21 shots eight of those were on target yep so i mean they should have definitely scored more they did hit the post uh, plenty of times and I'm sure they'll be upset that not one of those bounced in every single one bounced out um, mm-hmm. but uh, besides that I really like the way they play they have really good pressure they know how to move the ball forward it seems like all their attacking players are or they have good chemistry with each other they know how to link up with each other mm-hmm. Seattle I mean Seattle consistently plays well I've said that in previous episodes but Austin finally looks like they have their team together as opposed to last season where they, they weren't that great. Um, yeah. So it finally looks like, uh, what's his name? Josh Wolf, I believe that's the name of the goat. Josh uh, Wolf, yes. 
the coach. So he finally has them playing like how he wants them to. And it's really attractive. It's really attractive to see how they play. Um, yeah. Anything you want to say about that? Yeah. And even though this was a 1-1 draw and even though their last game, I believe, was a 1-0 loss, um, but more so this game, you can validate the 5-1 and the 5-0 wins that they got. Yeah. They weren't playing like the team of the last season. They're playing like one of the top teams in the MLS. Yeah, they don't seem like Austin because in my mind, I had Austin kind of pegged with like kind of a Inter-esque in, and Cincinnati, you know, mashup, mm-hmm. uh, but just not as bad as them, yeah. but still close, close enough to where you're like, oh, they, this could turn really bad really quick. Um, but now... It's like that didn't exist. This is who they are. It shows that this is their identity. This is yeah. the the game that they're going to be playing. And if they can do this to Seattle, who Seattle hasn't really been great, so uh, it's not even to, to take anything away from Austin, but in this game, Austin has 61% of possession. Isn't that crazy against Seattle? Most of the possession against Seattle, which if you would have told me that, I would have said, no, you're wrong. The the numbers should be mixed. It's Seattle 61 and Austin 39. But no, Austin was the one who had most of the possession. They had way more passes than than Seattle did. 539 to Seattle's 352, almost double. Yeah. It's insane. So I think that this season, Austin might be a dark horse. I think. They're they're on their way. If they can keep this up, they can finish definitely in the playoffs and maybe finish up top somewhere. I'm going to definitely agree with that. Um, I believe they played good enough to win this game. They would have won that game if it wasn't for the post and if it wasn't for that amazing reaction save from uh, Seattle's goalkeeper, Cleveland. Oh, Um, that hand. That That was such a hand. You could tell that the goalie didn't even know what was going on. It was more like his hand move on its own. Just that was that just ball. that was not. I, I wouldn't even say that's reaction. That's it's just pure, instinct. Yeah, pure instinct. Um. So yeah, that was an amazing save there. Um. He was starting in place of their usual goalie, Stephen Fry, who yeah. um, I think he ended up getting an injury or he had a yeah tendonitis. Yeah, I think it was in his quadriceps or something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so he ended up starting, and I mean, looked like he did an amazing job. He was he looked secure. He made some good saves. Um, in terms of Seattle, they were playing a rotated squad. Uh, I want to say it was probably because uh, the Concacaf Champions League games, uh, they were just resting yeah. some players. Um, but yeah, I mean Seattle, we know we, they start off slow. I'm sure they'll probably yeah. get time, like probably give them like four games, and they'll start playing as good as they usually do, but. Yeah, but um, if they continue this, I mean, there's going to be a point where we're going to stop, have to stop saying they start slow. Because yeah. if we keep saying that, we might be halfway through the season and still be saying they're starting slow. Yeah. But going back to goalkeepers, um, Seattle's in good hands. You know, if Stephen Fry is out for an extended period of time, they have nothing to worry about with those reactions. And if, I remember correctly, I think I called this game to be Austin, and I mentioned how Seattle might have been exhausted from the midweek game, which would affect them, mm-hmm. and maybe give Austin that win, but then, I mean, they, they 
they put up a fight and it was just a really exciting game i mean they definitely seattle definitely looked tired in the second half you could tell that they were struggling to run and to catch up with the the high pressure from austin austin pretty much had all control especially in the last 30 minutes it was all austin mm-hmm. so yeah. i mean it was a very exciting game if you guys missed this one hopefully you recorded a replay or something because uh, i would definitely recommend to watch it again and if you didn't at least watch the highlights mm-hmm. because those at least hi- point out all those near goal shots that just bounced off the post that amazing re- instinct blocked was amazing yeah all right, moving on to our final game that we we're going to talk about over the weekend. I mean, there's, pro- there's some games we're not going to talk about, but uh, there wasn't really much action uh, apart from these main games. But, of course, we're going to talk about LAFC versus Vancouver. Always save our favorite for the end or the beginning. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's either one or the other. Um, so, yeah, LAFC ended up winning this game 3-1. to one. Uh, The game started off with uh, Tristan Blackman, of all people, coming back to the bank and scoring off of... A lucky goal again. It seems like LFC is only giving up lucky goals this season. But uh, Cavallini ended up heading the ball into the post, bounced straight to Blackman, who was all alone, and just, you know, he barely had enough time to get his foot on it, but he did. And it just, I mean, at that point, if you just get it to touch your foot, it was going to go in. So Look, on- just like the rest of LAFC, I was completely confused. I was thinking, I thought oh, I was offside. Surely he's, he's got to be on an offside position. It, they're gonna review this and they're gonna just wipe that goal from from you know the screen. But no, it, it was valid. Yeah. So I mean, I wasn't mad, especially Tristan Blackman scored. I mean, uh, some people <laughs> are arguing that he did celebrate. I argue that he didn't. I don't think he did. I, he did. He did. I think he just did the initial yes like that. It was more than just a yes. It was like a a one of those celebrated yeah. Goals. Yeah, but then he was just like, oh, you think he just remembered later? It's like, oh, wait. This is I, th- I think he remembered late. Uh, I would I would agree with those who are saying that he did celebrate. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I don't mind because it, he did score. I mean, I don't think that it's any disrespect, you know, especially if you get caught up in the mo- moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's kind of nice to see one of our old players doing well. Unfortunately, it was against us. Yeah, but I mean, we're always happy to see our old players doing well. I guess most people aren't happy to see Mark Anthony Case scoring goals, but uh, besides that, or Raheem He's Edwards, a different case. Raheem Edwards, me. either, who plays for the Galaxy. But, That's uh, also a different issue. Yeah, so uh, besides that, I mean, I like Tristan Blackman. I kind of wish he never left. I like his style, especially when he, we were playing against Tigres in the Concord yeah. Champions League final. I think, um, what was it, Antigas' goalie uh, tried to make him flinch by, you know, pretending like he was going to hit him with the ball in the face. And, you know, Tristan well, Blackman like the did the thing? yeah the Kobe thing that Blackman did where he just didn't even flinch. Uh, so Super yeah. cool. So I kind of wish we would have him here, especially with Kimun Huang gone. I would have liked the depth that he provided. But yeah, um, unfortunately, I mean, it wasn't our fault or choice for him to leave. I think you mentioned that he was picked by Charlotte. Yeah, but but, uh, LAFC does get to protect a certain amount of players, and he wasn't on that list of protected players. Well, you also have to consider that he did tend to make some mistakes. He was also a bench player. Red cards. Yeah, yeah. 
he was also a bench player so that's probably why we yeah. didn't protect him but um yeah anyway uh max Cropo didn't really have anything to do with that play like he couldn't stop that it was no. so unlucky however i mean we've only given up uh two goals in four games i'd say our record's pretty good yeah that's the, really good the stats indicate that we have the best defense in the league right now which is crazy considering what happened last season yeah and it could be worse we could be cincinnati no not cincinnati uh inter miami mm-hmm. what's their goal difference uh the goal difference negative <laughs> eight. <laughs> oh yeah it could be that yeah <laughs> Uh no, last season we just gave up easy goals all the time. Now it just seems like there's no chance for that to happen anytime soon, which I'm super happy about. Um, like I said, I think in terms of stats, I saw a picture. Um, I think somebody did the math that uh in terms of uh goals against, like expected goals against, that's a stat that somebody keeps track of now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think most of the other teams, especially the best teams, um, are averaging four goals against uh, overall four goals since the, so in four games that they would let in four goals on average that's what is expected so, yeah yeah and LAFC is averaging uh, two and a half ish that's not bad that's really great that's mm-hmm. above and beyond what's expected I think it's because we have so much possession but um yeah so that's that's really good about our defense uh, anyway so after Tristan Blackman scores um, was it Ryan Hollings has ends up uh, getting his first goal for the club and uh, getting the equalizer on a set piece from Carlos Vela, centers it in. Does, <laughs> huh? does he even have to jump? Nope. <laughs> no, he's man's a giant. Uh, all he had to do was hold off the defender, and it's so sad because you could tell the defender was overpowered, and he tried to stick <laughs> his leg up to stop the shot. But Ryan is just like, ah, whatever. I'm just put my head on it, and um luckily he ended up just shooting it straight at the goal and yeah, i mean he, he did not look like he was struggling at all not even with the defender right on him i was just surprised for a second i was like that one it i was like it looks so easy <laughs> i i don't think i that it, i didn't think that it was going to go in mm-hmm. i thought that it was going to be blocked or it was going to maybe go a little bit far off yeah but it, it just went in yeah um so yeah so we got the equalizer soon after it's more like that kind of turned on the um, the effort the yeah, yeah turn on the engine for lafc to you know like hey let's let's wake up a bit let's let's equalize this as fast as possible so we don't have a portland situation again so yeah. it's good that they got the goal right away and then um sure enough we take the lead right before halftime uh poco takes the ball from a throw in in the corner uh it's him versus three defenders i don't know I what kind of ma- watching him dribble. i know That's i know amazing i have no idea what kind of magic he's doing or what kind of glue he uses on his shoes but he was able to get the ball to stick and he danced around all three defenders the ball almost went out through uh he um crossed the ball into the box and uh, carlos vela was able to sneak past the defender at the uh, near post um his first shot was blocked by hassal but on the on the rebound, I mean, Vela's like, "This is going in because this is going in. This is my night." Uh, so um, it looked like he was busting a dance move when he scored that. Yeah, so he finally scored, did a celebration for his son, which is typical. But happy to see Vela on the score sheet, and Opoko's looking amazing right now. Out of our three forwards, I I want to say he's probably the best at. Uh, all I'll say is that he is what Brian Rodriguez he <laughs> wishes he could be. He could be. Yeah, because yeah, he is here's so... Here's the thing. Huh. Here, here's the thing. Opoku started, I believe, off of the bench 
in the first game, and now I think it's two games that he started. Yeah, on the field. Well, they're they're doing actually no, he started against Miami, right? Yeah, he started. Yeah, no, I thought they were. I wanted to say I thought he was switching between uh, Chicho and him that they were doing every other game, but actually now it's two games. You're right, two games in a row that uh, Poku started. And with this kind of performance and the dancing that he's doing yeah. around these players, I think he's kind of just creating a reason for him to continue to yeah. be starting. Yeah, so it's kind of it's looking tough for Chicho right now. What I would argue is that you could probably switch out um, Brian for Chicho mm-hmm. and have Ella on the wing instead. And that would that'd also be an equally threatening lineup that we can have yeah, there. Yeah, providing for him. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's move on to the third goal. Um we end up putting a ball into the box. This is in the second half. Uh, defender ends up heading, headering it toward the center. Always a mistake. Ryan mm-hmm. Hollingshead is there. Absolutely just hits it on the volley. A la primera, as Tuca says. Right. <laughs> just ends up <laughs> yeah. smashing it. Hits bottom bins, right corner. Um, goes straight past the uh, Hassal, the goalie. And, um, yep, makes it 3-1. to one. It's his first career brace ever. Really? Yeah. Well, well, I hope to start seeing a couple more from him. No, I mean, he definitely plans on it. In the post-game conference, he was, um, they asked him about how it feels to score a brace, and he was like, I'm happy that I was able to score it here for the black and gold. That um, I mean, he's from L.A. He's an L.A. boy, so he's happy that he oh. gets to score it at home. And he's like, usually I average five goals a season. I was like, and he's like, let's double up those numbers this year. Let's see if I can get 10 or 12. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, boy's got some expectations for himself. That's yeah. awesome. But with how good he's performing right now, I mean, do you even see uh, Chiqui Palacios getting into the team? No. No. Not at all. And this is exactly what I noticed from him. that He was very attack-minded um, and performed a bit better than the other players that the we thing had is, in those positions. The thing is, he scored two goals already. And he also defends better than Chiqui Palacios already as well. Yeah. It, there was something about the game where he got subbed in that just gave me kind of like peace from watching him play. Like, yeah, he didn't play quickly, but he, plays he played securely. with confidence. He, plays, he played with confidence. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't doesn't look like he second guesses anything. He always plays. No, whatever he's doing, he's sure of it. Even if it's a mistake, he's he's like just going for it. Yeah, so it's hard to see how Chiqui Palacios gets in the team. I mean, we did have uh, Kellen Acosta playing on the as a left back. I want to say, I believe it was right back. Yeah, right back. I think you're right. Um, I think it was right back. I'm not wait, sure. Wait, let's uh, check it, the. Let's check the let's check the lineup. I mean, we could just check it. You know? <laughs> That's true. Uh, let's see, LAFC three one. Where are Pretty you? sure it was right back. Uh, yeah, Costa was right back. Hollingshead was left back. Yeah. So I guess Chiqui- which I'm much more happy to see him. Yeah. So at, I, at the right back. Yeah. Would you? At, some people say that blessing shouldn't be starting and he should be used as a sub. When the opposing team doesn't have any energy anymore, the amount of energy that he brings, especially as a sub, is lethal to teams like that because he's so good at being annoying. Um, he's definitely made that kind of an impact in the last couple of games where he has been subbed in halfway. Yeah, a lot of people are claiming that he shouldn't start, and uh, so 
this in this game he took the Kellen Acosta's position and Acosta was moved to right back, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think the only way that Palacios gets into this team is if Blessing starts on the bench, Acosta gets moved back into the midfield, and then Chiqui Palacios would have the right back spot? I wouldn't want that. Just, you you rather keep it the way it is now? With the I would last rather. Game? It functions so much better. Everything flows so much better. And if you remember, I did mention how I uh, I think it was in the, was it the Portland game or was it a different game? Uh, it was one of those early games where I said Acosta, even though he he wasn't getting his crosses in and getting too many passes completed, but I, I said how he just kept going back and recovering the ball. And his recovery was what saved his performance for me out of everything that he was doing and him being in this position just makes so much more sense with what he can do when it comes to recovery and his pace that he has Um, especially with his passing and crossing being kind of inconsistent right now blessing is much you both you and i have both discussed this he's much better suited for the midfield than being at the back yeah i hate seeing him on the defense because he can't even do the main role which is taking the ball away at midfield and moving it forward. That's mm-hmm. what he's best at. That's what Bob Bradley ended up covering. He used to be a winger, and he moved into midfield, and he was amazing in yeah. the midfield. So I never liked seeing him as a right back I don't think, or left back. He does, I don't think he provides much in that position. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I am one of the people in the camp who thinks Blessing has to start. I, I would like he to can... see him start. Here's the thing. He can start or he can be on the bench. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I believe that Acosta has to stay in the new position that he's in now mm-hmm. uh, someone who has been kind of inconsistent in my opinion has been Cifuentes so if anybody should be starting on the bench at least right now should be Cifuentes over Blessing yeah blessing I mean I guess I guess yeah I guess Blessing could or could switch Kellen to trying to be the attacking mid you could have Blessing doing you know uh, working with um, was it Ilya trying to get the ball back and then mm-hmm. on right back we could have uh, Chiqui Palacios um, and we could set up the team that way I mean think about it we have so many options of this now with with all the signings that we've made uh, one of the yeah. guys or uh, a tweet I saw uh, somebody said that they love how much depth we have in the squad that they actually look forward to substitutions now <laughs> yeah that's the great thing that now when you see a substitution you, you can't even get mad or or mm-hmm question the substitution because the player that's coming in is coming in with just enough quality as a player who's going out yeah and um speaking of that would you start brian or would you start chicho at this point um based on these last couple of performances i think i would give chicho a chance to start yeah to see if at least to see that uh lineup that you said apoku vela chicho yeah and um, seeing seeing how that would play out and then maybe subbing in Brian in, in the second half and maybe taking Opoku out or Vela or yeah. whichever. Um, but because Brian, I told you, I like the kid, but he keeps doing the exact same move expecting a different result. Yeah. And if he doesn't put in a new move into his repertoire, he's never going to get past that last defender and do what he has in his mind that he wants to do. I know. And, um, I mean, he's very poor at dribbling lately. Like I said, Apoku seems like he knows what he has to do to beat um, any of the defenders covering him. 
but mm -hmm. Brian seems like he has no idea what he should try in order to use it. He hardly uses his pace to get past that, somebody. That's annoying. He should thing. be using that all the time. Yeah. And he knows what where he wants to go. He just doesn't know how to get there. He's very indecisive when it comes to that. Uh, so that's the only annoying thing. However, I do think that his pace is very useful, especially in terms of uh, pulling defenders away, stuff like that. That's the only reason yeah. I would keep him starting. Um, mm -hmm. I forget that we have uh, Ismail Tajori Shradi on the bench too. He could replace Brian, and we could have uh, Tajori Shradi, Vela, and Opoku as a front three as well. So there's I like would love four, to see that. Yeah, there's like four different lineups that we could choose for a front three, four yeah. or five. Which is, um, you know, it's pretty sick. <laughs> it's exciting to see every combination that we can get. The thing is, they all sound equally as dangerous. Yeah, they do. They do. Except some, like Brian, you know, yeah. we all know what he's capable of. Even he knows what he's capable of. But he's insecure about his ability. He doesn't yeah. trust himself completely. I think he needs to play more with the mentality of Hollingshead where even if he's going to make a mistake, because Hollingshead hasn't played perfectly. He's definitely had some games where he's given the ball away, but he runs back and gets back in position or tries to recover the ball. Yeah, I think he needs that kind of confidence in order to surpass the level that he's at right now and the constant failure of getting past that last defender. Because if you look at the lineups, he was pretty much... Um, one-on-one -on -one with Blackman, and we both know that Blackman's got the pace also, so his pace wasn't going to outdo him there. Yeah, and Blackman ended up just taking the ball away super easy. Yeah, especially having the familiarity of having played with him already yeah. and trained with him. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm happy with the game. We were top of the league, not only in the Western Conference, but overall. Uh, mm -hmm. That's mostly on goal difference. There's three of us tied for 10 points. It's... um. Philadelphia Union, Browse Salt Lake, and LAFC are all tied with 10 points, but uh, LAFC has uh, a, better yeah, a better goal difference. I think they have a seven, like plus seven goal difference. So um, that's good. You know, we're leading for now. Hopefully we can keep it up. When we come back from the international break, we're going to be playing against Orlando. So that's going to be very interesting to watch. Um, and <laughs> Speaking of Orlando, uh, I think... Uh, remember Joao Moutinho? <laughs> yes, I was watching him when I was watching that game. So uh, he, I don't know if this was on Instagram or Twitter, but he tweeted out like, oh, it's always good to go to Carson and take the three points. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Still that must have made boy. you so happy yeah. to see that. Still like a sea boy over there. Um, uh, so yeah, that pretty much takes care of that game. Um, the last thing I want to mention is that there's actually uh, an incident in the supporter section of uh, LAFC in that match. Now, it wasn't like a violent, violent incident or anything. So what happened was that a Galaxy fan, he has his own Galaxy podcast and all that. He okay. bought a shirt. He bought a hat. He bought, you know, a scarf and everything. And he okay. went into the 3252 section. And recorded videos the whole time and started making fun when he when he left obviously he was making fun of all the 3252 fans <laughs> and i was just like bro what are you what doing? is there, you literally gave, what is there to make fun of i know but like you literally gave our team money <laughs> i mean hey you're welcome to do that every single game yeah but um <laughs> 
uh, obviously fans or our fan base became aware of that and um, um i don't think he's going to be allowed to do that again i want to say mm-hmm. they're probably going to try to report him so that he's not allowed into either stadium especially because i mean if they figured out he was a galaxy fan it could have ended ugly especially with how people get on alcohol right oh yeah um, yeah and we don't want another incident like what happened in mexico right so no we definitely don't want that we don't encourage that kind of behavior but uh, it's just ridiculous like he thinks hey it's arnold here so um i guess our podcast was cut out a little at the at the end right there unfortunately um anyway the only thing that ended off saying was that um we don't condone that behavior for the uh, galaxy fan that entered our supporter section but i'm sure um the 3252 is going to take care of it so that nothing like that happens again because um we don't want this to escalate any further and then we're not going to be able to get tickets to uh go to away games anymore so hopefully that ends there um the last thing i mentioned is that in our next episode we will be talking about um probably the results of what happened uh, in between the usa versus mexico game that happens on thursday um so we'll be talking about that we'll also be previewing the three mls games that are happening this weekend as well as the other international uh world cup qualifier games that uh, are happening so please join us in the next episode for that and uh we'll see you in the next one all right bye